Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday edition of the show. Got to recap week four of college football season, week three of the NFL, and Kyle joins us from Dallas. Kyle, welcome. The Dallas Airport, let's be technically correct here. It'll be. People will know that very shortly when there's some announcements made over the intercom, not letting strangers touch your luggage and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I um, right now I'm doing my absolute best to walk past. You know how in the airport they have those, uh, like, little pop-in shops and stuff, right? Yeah. Well, they've got all this uh, Texas Longhorn stuff up here. And if I'd gone to the game, I'd be buying probably half the stuff that's in this store. But I did not go to a game, and therefore I'm not buying any of it. Ah, oh, Texas, they did not cover, Kyle. You also, you also know who didn't cover? No. Florida. Yeah, or, I know. You, t- you t- 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 yeah, Florida did cover. <laughs> you you, you switched that one. I was going to try my absolute best not to get emotional about switching picks. But now that you mention it... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I kicked myself for it. And you know what? We, we got the news that, like, Florida had, what, two guys out, two, two of their top guys out. And I remember yeah. putting in the Slack channel at the start of the game. I said, man, probably a pretty bad day to be some kind of idiot to pick Tennessee to cover, pick, uh, pick Tennessee to Florida to cover. And Florida covered. So, Big great. Lead. Yeah, they did. So, we had uh, two different, and uh, I would like to thank Stanford Cardinal. Uh, and well, for not covering, and then of course, I had them both. I the both ones that we had different, I, I got them. So, yeah, well, I went five Washington and Oregon. Week, so, I'm not gonna sit here and stop my feet. I went 500. It is what it is. Yeah, all right. So, uh, what's the biggest thing? We had a weekend in football, you were at a game. What, what, um, what's the biggest takeaway for you this week? I think the biggest uh, takeaway from the Dolphins game, Joe, I know you're gonna roll your eyes that we have to talk about the Dolphins, but I was at the game. Is Rosen looked pretty solid. I don't know that there's anything in that contest that you would point to and say that it's enough for the Dolphins to you know, bank on and change their mind and not invest in Josh Rosen. 
or not invest in Tua Tonga Viola, which is their reported plan at this point. But he's got 13 more games. He plays the way he did. Uh, the Dolphins should be facing potentially a difficult decision because he took care of the ball. He was quick with his decisions. I thought he looked good. Kyle, after a year of uh, of hearing about completion percentage for Josh Allen, you're going to stand for Josh Rosen after he completes 46% of his passes. You know how many drops he had? <laughs> wow, that's the roles have reversed, sir. Yeah, here we are. And you know what? You know what? Allen looks like it might work out for you. So what's to say Rosen might not work out for me? I know. I look. I had uh, Rose QB one, so so I wouldn't be too disappointed if uh, he played well. Uh, for me, I guess the biggest thing for me is Kyle Allen, right? Like uh, this Panthers team. We saw we saw what the difference between having a capable quarterback and not capable quarterback can mean. And and Kyle Allen didn't just go out there and you know dink and dunk the football around. He made big time throws, man. Four touchdown passes, big throws in the red zone, met the moment. And and this Cardinals defense isn't like a you know a cakewalk. So it's a formidable unit. And for him to go out there and and play as well as he did and really elevate the playmakers around him. All of a sudden, the, the Panthers can throw accurate footballs and DJ Moore's making plays and Curtis Samuel's making plays and Christian McCaffrey's ripping off long runs. And, you know, it's great. The defense has already been a strength of this team. And it's like, it's it was nice to see a good enough team have a good enough quarterback and play to their potential. I think it was a big indicator of how much Cam's injuries has limited this Panthers team. And uh, for the, for the people of Charlotte, I'm happy for him today. Well, yeah, and the, you know, the, the way you phrase that, you know, let's be clear, that's not meant to be a slight at Cam. It's just he's not 100%, and he's probably not even 60%, right? So when you're that handcuffed, and then you get a guy who's out there who is 100%, who, you know, Kyle Allen looked pretty good, had, uh, uh, as you said, had gave the explosive playmakers that the Panthers have kind of stockpiled an opportunity to make, the play, uh, make plays with the ball in their hands. That's great, and I, I want to tip my cap on the other side of the ball. Joe, Brian Burns uh, had sacked for second consecutive week against the Cardinals and Kyler Murray and was very disruptive up front and uh, very encouraged. You know, there were some some questions and even some concessions for the guys that liked him that was like, yeah, you know, I'm, Brian Burns, great pass rusher, but what weight is he going to play out? Is the functional strength going to be a problem initially when he gets in the NFL? And so far, he has just seamless transition. But the Green Bay Packers, man, twenty-seven to sixteen went over the Broncos, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't get touched in this football game, right? Bradley Chubb, Von Miller, no sacks. Meanwhile, the combination of Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith racks up five, and the the Packers are three and zero. Oh. They got a short week here to play the Eagles on Thursday night, if I'm not mistaken. But Mike Patton's got this Bay. defense. Yeah, well, they got this defense playing good. Obviously, the, the new pieces really matter. Jair Alexander's playing like a top-five corner in the league. And, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is doesn't have to be the hero, right? Like, because this defense has been good. And, um, I mean, I think all these new coaches are struggling this year, except for Matt LaFleur. I think a lot of that credit is to the defense and, obviously, Aaron Rodgers. And, and the, the offensive tackles, right? Like, Bakhtiari and Balaga have been unbelievable to start this year, keeping him clean. How is it? scientifically possible that you can have a defensive and pass rush combination of Bradley Chubb and Bob Miller. And Joe, the team has not logged a single sack in the first three games of the season. 
I don't know, dude. It's it's crazy. It's it, like it's, I I wrote about this for this morning for studs and duds talking about the best and worst starts in football, and the Broncos brought in Vic Fangio and Joe Flacco to play yep. tough defense, be a quote unquote safe team, right? Tough defense, you know, run the ball, experienced quarterback. And they've gotten returns on absolutely none of it to this point. And stunning that Fangio can come in there and the Broncos cannot get any pass rush going at all is really, really surprising to me. Maybe you guys want to get to a football game this season. Make sure that if you do, you check out Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events that you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to get credit back with the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. For the month of September, earn double credit back from 10 to 16% on all your purchases through the Vivid Seats app. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app today. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. Every ticket is purchased. Every ticket that you purchase is backed by a 100% Buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program today. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. We're going to talk more about the weekend that was in football right after this. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and it's only fitting that this important interruption is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Have you thought about what you're getting your loved one this year? Or maybe you want to give the gift of sweet-smelling grundle bliss to your partner. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Whether you're the only one who gets to see what's going on down there or you're one of many, do you, your partner, and everyone else a favor and introduce yourself to this revolutionary company. Manscaped just launched their brand new Perfect Package. Inside the Manscaped Perfect Package, you'll find their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which features skin-safe technology and will prevent you or your man from cutting his nuts. Speaking of smelling nice, let's be real. No one wants to carry around that locker room smell with them. That's why I am thankful for the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep your crotchal region from sweating, smelling, and sticking. The Perfect Package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep that junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to this new new. Give the gift that will make your Valentine's Day spicy. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code locked on to get 20% off and free shipping. Ladies, this is the perfect gift for you and your man and men. Your partner will thank you. Trust me, he will thank you. And guess who else will thank you? Your balls will thank you. 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code locked on at manscaped.com. All right, Kyle, can we talk Jalen Ramsey a little bit? Um, yeah, this, this is getting messy. It is, right? Like, <laughs> So he doesn't want to be there, clearly. And he calls out of, out of work sick today. Um, whether he is or not, he's certainly a, another indicator that he's not doesn't want to be part of this. But the, you know, the ownership in Jacksonville wants him to be part of this, and I'm sure Doug Marone would like to kick him to the moon. You know, so I don't know. Is football's the ultimate team sport? I mean, is is um, 
is he is he so good that you need to part with with the king's ransom for him? If I'm another team, yeah. If I'm a team like Kansas City, I absolutely give up a first round pick and a second round pick for Jalen Ramsey. I guess the problem with that is Kansas City doesn't have first round pick this year, do they? Uh, why don't they? Was that the Frank Clark deal, or was that just a 2020? They've already dealt. They've already. They've already. Yep, they're good. They're back in the okay. first round. Well, yep. well, then I'd go ahead and get rid of my next one for Jalen Ramsey too. Because it, let me ask you this. I know people will point to however many different examples throughout the history of the NFL draft, but how many times can you get a player and the guaranteed immediate return of that player in Jalen Ramsey versus picking 29, 30, 31, or 32 if you're the Chiefs? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Exactly right. Now, I understand there's financials involved here, and uh, the, the Chiefs actually – have the luxury of, you know, Sammy Watkins is on their books for $15 million and you let Sammy go, you've effectively freed up all the cap space you need to make Jalen Ramsey a top two paid corner in the NFL for Sammy Watkins and a first round pick as relative to the 2020 uh, roster for Kansas City and, and Kansas City, you know, they're, they're in a window with a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract and they need to take advantage of it and you look across the landscape Patriots look mighty scary, man. I know Julian Edelman went out with, a, with an injury last week, but and the, the Patriots haven't played the most stiff of competition to this 0-9. point. 0-9. They're 0-9 are the teams they've played. Yep. But the Patriots are, are also averaging a uh, margin of victory of 29 points per game. So they're spanking guys. They haven't given up an offensive touchdown in the last two games. They haven't given up an offensive touchdown in the season, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yes. You are absolutely correct. <laughs> they only gave up three to the, three to the Steelers week one. So, Hoping the Bills change that narrative on Sunday. I don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about the Bills with you, but I am going to talk oh, about how the, the, the Patriots, the, the Chiefs need an answer, right? And they've invested a lot in the defense, but to go out and get Jalen Ramsey is like the icing on the cake to go out and get that guy and put him on your, your roster and put him on in a place where the team's going to win and be really competitive. And Ramsey's made it very clear that's important to him. I think it's a no-brainer if I'm Kansas where'd, City. Where'd you get this uh, first round and round pick at Sammy Watkins thing from? What do you mean? Is did did you suggest that they could trade Sammy Watkins in a first round? No, pick just, for- cut cut Sammy Watkins. Oh, and you've cleared up the cap space and the cash that you need to pay Jalen Ramsey his extension and make him a top two paid corner in the NFL. Does this also mean you uh, have to let Chris Jones walk? Can you pay everybody? So is it? Is, I, is, I guess the, the question then is: Is Jalen Ramsey? You're basically trading a first round pick, Sammy Watkins, and Chris Jones for Jalen Ramsey. Are you I mean, willing you to? Put, I mean, I think you, that's if you put at. if you put Chris Jones in there, that's tough. I mean, he's gonna get he's gonna get like eighteen plus a year, right? Like yeah, he's he's bonkers good. Yeah. Um, can your producer pull up what their 2020 cap situation is? Oh, uh, let me see if uh, he's busy real quick. Uh, let's see here. My producer would do it, but he's out sick today, just like Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> is that me? Are you looking to get traded? Different no. Podcast? No. <laughs> All right, I'm happy with the winning formula we have here. Right, the 20, 2020 cap space, NFL, Kansas City Chiefs have $24 million. 
Okay, so and the bottom seven right there is is Sammy Watkins on the roster with that number? Yeah, yeah. So so, so you get Sammy Watkins off the roster. Now you're at thirty-seven million. So uh, the question is: Is Sammy Watkins in a one worth Jalen Ramsey? They could get yes, out of yes. his deal. They can get out of his deal and save fifteen uh, million. 14. Yeah, fifteen exactly. Yeah, right. And that—that's you. I would take that cash and give it directly to Jalen Ramsey. No questions asked. Kyle Krabs, uh, Sammy Watkins hater, always has been. Tell me about the Browns, Kyle. What's going on with your Browns? Um, oh, they were banged tough, up last night. Tough, but, yeah, uh, they're pretty banged up. Tough start to the season for them. Uh, tough scheduling to get it started, and we knew that, right? And I think when we did schedule predictions for the Browns, you know, we, we talked a lot about with a lot of these teams, can you just kind of float around and get to 500 and then make a run? Because the Browns' schedule does soften significantly in the second half of the year, and with Pittsburgh being down the way that they are, um, kind of opens that door even more. So there are some, some pass protection issues which are – pretty troubling if you're a proponent of the Browns you think the Browns are going to have a good year this year or you know make a run in the playoffs that's what they need to figure out is they they need to get the pass protection ironed out because I thought Baker last night against the Rams looked pretty skittish uh was quick to leave his spot and uh really seemed to impact him and his confidence as a passer what is that space? What is the spacing of the Browns' offense right now? Like, what the hell's going on with these play calls that Freddie Kitchens has? This offense is a shell of itself from last year. What it looked like, and which uh, is ironic because that's the entire reason why you keep yeah. Freddie is for continuity. Because he's not a leader of an NFL locker room, brother. I, I mean, <laughs> did you see this guy after the game? His press conference last night. I did not see the press. Smacking on stuff. gum, being sarcastic with reporters. Come on, dude. Like. You have this reputation of being a sloppy dude, and then you just could not be more fulfilling of that after your team falls to one and two with a disappointing loss where you were crap with your play calling at the end of the game, specifically. I'm t- I, they didn't need to bring him back, man. Like, So so what would have your solution been? I wanted Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz? Jim Schwartz was my guy for Cleveland. I thought he was the right attitude for this football team. And who's calling plays on offense? I mean, it's just like so. If you're if you're Sean McVay and you're the head coach, you hire Wade Phillips to be your offensive coordinator. You find somebody like that to be your offense. You have Freddie Kitchens could be your offensive coordinator. No one else was hiring for him for a head job. Not one team. If you really wanted him that bad, well, keep him coordinating offense. But then you still have not solved the problem <laughs> because How? he's he's still the play caller, and you just said God's son that's the same play does... caller's problem. Why does this offense look so stupid? Why does it look so neutered this year? I don't think the offensive line gives them the opportunity to right. do a lot of stuff that they want to do. I think it's right. a personnel problem. They're, I mean, they're, they're handcuffed with being able to block four guys up front. But I, I still don't know what that has to do with route combinations. <sighs> that I don't have an answer to. Yeah. Nervous about the Browns, Kyle. Um, yeah, it's, it's not a – like, you can, you can be one and two and, like, feel okay – Right, but this isn't the kind of one and two that I feel good about if I'm Cleveland. Not not with getting run out of your own building by Tennessee week one, and then just having no punch on offense against the Rams. About the uh, how about Daniel Jones? 
Yeah, Danny Dimes is uh, going to get a lot of us in trouble here. And he, I think uh, um, good start, right? Bad Bucks defense. Let's, let's be honest, right? Bad Bucks defense. But my goodness, he breathed life into this football team. I'll give I'll give him credit um, as far as the moment not being too big for him. I think that was the biggest takeaway because you look at some of the the big plays that he had, right? Uh, the Evan Ingram seventy five yard catch and run it was a very elementary throw. Big play by Ingram after the catch, kind of boosted his passing stats a little bit. But he made all the right decisions. He was generally accurate with the football and. and Giants scored what thirty one points, thirty two points, thirty two. So, yep. And he, you know, that that sneak up the middle. That's the kind of if you're going to draft a pocket passer in today's NFL, you need guys that can take off and scoot to that degree, you yeah. know. And and so that was the comp for me coming out was it was kind of like a Ryan Tannehill caliber passer where he's a good athlete. There's some limitations, and you look at the spray chart for Daniel Jones. They ran a lot of stuff within. 15 to 10 yards, the line of scrimmage again, which is exactly where, you know, you watched him at Duke. You said, this is where he wins. This is where yeah. he's strong, yep. so on and so forth. So I didn't necessarily see anything that like blew me out of the water other than just like the consistency with the decision-making for Daniel Jones. And they did a nice job keeping him clean, even with Saquon Barkley out of the game. Yeah, that was surprising, especially with Barkley out. And hey, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers want to talk about pass rush lanes at all. What the hell was that? On yeah, the touchdown you. run, but to Daniel Go Jones, on, everybody, yeah. Vita Vea, either Vita Vea got out of his rush lane or that guy, the other defensive tackle was supposed to twist and uh, didn't happen. Uh, but credit to Daniel Jones for, for noticing that and then taking off and scoring a game winning touchdown and the kicker woes in Tampa Bay continue. I don't know. Bruce Arians intentionally took a delay of game penalty because he thought Meg, Matt Gay was better from distance. He wanted more distance to increase his chances of making the kick. Well, let's be honest. He wasn't kicking. He wasn't hitting that if it was five yards closer anyway. Get him a chance. I mean, Bruce Arians' son kicked in the NFL. Like, I, I trust Bruce Arians' knowledge of kickers and that type of stuff, but, like, that just sounded like a goofy soundbite after the game. Well, I mean, credit to him. He's he's going to fall on the sword for his player, right? He's taking, taking blame for it, but trying to explain it away. But at the end of the day, you have to make that kick. It's a fifth-round fifth kicker. Yeah, they drafted Matt. Yeah, and he was 26-31 last year at Utah. So that's... Yeah, you got to make that kick, period. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. We're talking more about the weekend right after this. All right, Kyle, what else we got here? Anything from the college side of things? I mean, I was going to say, we got to talk about some college ball, right? Uh, I, I went to sleep at halftime of that UCLA-Washington State game. And the last play I, I saw was uh, uh, UCLA throwing a Hail Mary from its, its own 30-yard line uh, that was completed, and he got tackled at the one, right? So I'm like, all right, this is, this is just not going to go UCLA's way. And then what were they – <laughs> They were down. It was like six to twenty-eight there. seconds left yeah. in the third quarter. Yeah, they, UCLA went from having seventeen points to sixty-seven. I think the stat that I saw was um, since the start of two thousand and sixteen or seventeen, um, teams that are losing by more than thirty points um, are like. 
three and four hundred and something <laughs> with their record, and UCLA has two of the wins. Oh wow! Wow! They had the Rosen come back against A and M in the opening week. Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, right? Yeah, that was thirty-five points, second biggest comeback in college football history, and then this weekend was a thirty-two point comeback. UCLA is two and four in games in which they're losing by more than thirty uh, by more than thirty points in the second half. And the rest of the world is one in three hundred and two. <laughs> yeah, it's it's over four hundred losses Jeez. during that time span. How so, about Wisconsin? How about Wisconsin, Kyle? How about Michigan? Uh, can I say I'm not? I mean, we we picked we both picked Wisconsin to win outright. Yeah, we I I had real money in that game. Thank you on Wisconsin. But I don't think we expected Michigan to just get punched in the mouth and have absolutely nothing to say about it. That was the biggest takeaway for me. They plateaued with Harbaugh. And what is what has Michigan accomplished since Bo Schembucker? Like maybe this is Michigan football, Kyle. But they're never it's like uh who else did that? Tennessee did that, right? Phil Fulmer was winning nine games every year. It's well Mark like, Richt, right? Georgia, Mark Mark Richt. Yes. And um some of these these schools' expectations are just not and I get Michigan with the amount of money that they have backed up into that program. They'll never be in a program that's content to win nine or ten games every year. But like, then you got then you have to fire Harbaugh at the end of the year if if you're going to expect to be more more than that as a program. You have to fire. What what are the coaches right? Because I think this is going to come up with a lot of different schools. Like, what are the coaches that take you from Harbaugh, Michigan to Swinney at Clemson? Like we. Who who are the names, right? Does anybody stand out to you? I mean, is it? Do these guys come out of nowhere? Did Lincoln Riley, Dabo Swinney come out of nowhere? Mm. Is Ryan Day that guy? Do we know that in Ohio State? I feel like Ohio State's just at a different level as a program, so they have a little bit more turnkey in them. Uh, where Michigan offensively has not had it going for quite a while. Um, I don't know. I think. I don't think the kind of coaches that would take Michigan to where they want to go uh, fit. Like, I think Brent Venables is a coach that could be a powerhouse head coach. Yeah. But is Michigan going to go out and hire Brent Venables? I mean, they should. Venables seems quite happy being the defensive coordinator. Right, and that's neither here nor there, right? Because I don't think he'd leave. But I'm just saying, like, you know, what kind of hire is Michigan looking to make? And would Venables even qualify for <laughs> which That's leads to qualifier, Michigan, which, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't work. So whoever's making that, here's the, uh, here's the kicker there. Ready? Yeah. The guys or one of the, one of the guys who's a big Michigan backer. You'll enjoy this poetic justice is Steve Ross. You know who Steve Ross is? Dolphins, right? He's the owner of the dolphins who can't make any kind of leadership decisions at least in the first decade of his time with the Dolphins, to, to for worth a grain of salt. And he, he's a pretty prominent voice in Michigan, so I hope they're not listening to, to Ross too much uh, as a booster when they're trying to figure out who the next coach of Michigan should be. <sighs> what else? What are your, uh, Let's think. What are the big takeaways from the weekend of college football? Georgia beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame competed pretty well in that game. Uh, I thought J.R. Reed, the safety, had an outstanding all-around game. Andrew yeah, Thomas the, was 
was a bear. Reed had that interception on the sideline, didn't he? He did. He had two other pass yeah. breakups. So that the, was a great the, play on the ball. It was, and I think that you go back to the Alabama conference championship, the SEC championship game last year, and we like we like J.R. Reed. We always just kind of said, "Where's the ball production?" And then he had that big interception in that game. I know it didn't lead to a win. Then in this Notre Dame game, to see you know three big plays in the ball, I think we can kind of silence some of those concerns and and get a little bit more excited about J.R. Reed. Yeah, starting to bubble up a little bit as far as answering questions. Uh, this uh, Chase Claypool kid's pretty fun, though, isn't he? Yeah, we've been waiting for him to break out, it feels like, for 15 years now. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I know I know Jim Nagy at the Senior Bowl is a big fan of his, and uh, it certainly looks the part, and some of, some of the plays that he made throughout the course of that game. I had people ask me, speaking of this Georgia-Notre Dame game, Joe, uh, if if it was a, a resume game or a statement game from Fromm. I'm interested if you had any thoughts on that. I think Fromm was Fromm, right? Like, he did the stuff that he always does, and the, the things that make him – Looked like he could be a baseline NFL starting quarterback one day. Um, I, I don't. I don't know if that. I don't know. Resume game seems strong to me. I think he yeah. meets the moment like he always. Like he always plays like that. Yeah, I mean the the go ahead touch or the 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 touchdown that ended up being the difference in the game was a great throw, right? But generally speaking, I I came away feeling no differently about from kind of like you just said from was from and, and it surprised me that i had so many people asking me like hey is this like the game that people will point to for from it's like well he's kind of showing the exact same stuff he's always shown so <laughs> which is fine right uh i thought the quarterback that had the best day on over the weekend was uh jacob eason eason was phenomenal in his game showing off the arm again making quick decisions with the ball they lost a wet a wet football game to Cal week two. But other than that, Fromm's been dealing, and he was on the money again this weekend. I was really impressed watching Jake Fromm throw the football this weekend. I'll tell you, my favorite quarterback from the weekend was Joe Burrow. 25-34, 398, six touchdowns. New LSU record for touchdown passes in a game with six. And um, he – He's just seizing the moment this year with this new look LSU offense. He's confident. He's accurate. He's making big throws down the field. And I mean, both of those guys, Eason and Burrow, guys we didn't necessarily think of as top prospects at quarterback entering the year. Uh, that's changing here pretty quickly. Yeah, this is going to be a fun quarterback class. I think we can officially say that. We don't know what order they're going to shake out. But between the top guys with Herbert, and Tua, and Jordan Love, and then you get Eason and, and Hertz and Burrow, and it, the the levels here are going to be pretty fascinating to watch play out over the next two months, no question. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's good. Uh, somebody, we have a take on take for tomorrow. There, somebody had said like another five first round picks. Um, with that'd the, be fun. With, with the market looking the way it is, I might be able to yeah. get on board with that right now, you know? Well, I, I think I did my um, my piece last week on the which teams would be looking for a new direction at quarterback in the offseason. And I only had 15 teams that were in the no, the firm no category, right? So, you know, if you if you don't have one of these exciting young quarterbacks, then you're going to be, like, really behind in the evolution and landscape of the NFL moving forward, right? Like, right. how long are you going to cling to the Marcus Mariotas and the James Winstons of the world? While all, while these other teams like Mahomes and uh, 
Kyler Murray looks good, and Lamar Jackson looks good, and Josh Allen looks good, and Daniel Jones looks – you got to get on that list, you know? Right. I mean, there was, what, 20, 20 quarterbacks who started games this week that were on 26 or younger? Yeah. Some really good the, players on that list. The youth movement is on. And anybody who commits to starting Ryan Tannehill or Marcus Mariota, or yeah. like, it's inexcusable. You can't do yeah. it. Those teams, I mean, even, I mean, look, let's put like Kirk Cousins into that, that pool, right? Oh, like, absolutely. Like he's, he's proven that he's an average quarterback in the NFL. All right, cool. You want to win seven, eight, nine games a year, go pay Kirk Cousins 30 million a season and do it. Like that's go do that. But I would hate that as a fan. Yeah. I mean, that, that should be your worst case scenario, yeah. which is, which I think the thing that makes that so interesting, right. is like free agency happens before the draft. So like. Who's going to commit to those guys before the draft, especially if there's so much position and opportunity to end up landing guys? Blackmail them to May. It's what you well, ought to Like, I, I, I wouldn't get in the market for those guys. And I think Cincinnati is a team. I think they can cut Andy Dalton for a clean 20 mil next year. Yeah, what, what wipe, do, wipe the slate. Just do yeah, it. What, <laughs> dude's 33 years old. He's going to be the most average quarterback that's ever existed. You can cut him. You save $17.7 million, no dead cap space. Year two of Zach Taylor. Get your guy. Because they're going to be picking early. I mean, let's call space bait. Between them, the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Steelers pick, which is now the Dolphins pick. <laughs> I mean, they, they, those teams don't look good. How, how did the Steelers get with five turnovers? They did. How did they, how did they turn, turn that into more points? Like, Two words for you, my friend, Mason Rudolph. Was he that bad? I didn't see much of the game other than the high. He, he came, came alive a little bit in the second half, but he was terrible in the first half. And Pittsburgh's offense, it's just they, they can't do anything. Offensively, their, their offensive line has just regressed so much without Munchak there. If, I, if, if, I, if you have to eat crow on the Browns this year, I'd eat crow on Steelers. So... Uh, I didn't. Well, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect this offensive line to regress. I thought they had enough playmakers. And this defense was good last year. Like it got better with personnel. Like why is it suck? I don't know, man. And the Steelers. Um, I I forgot what the stat was, but I had uh, was look. I think the Steelers are like the third worst team in points allowed through the first three weeks of the season. Jesus, man, they were a number they, six defense in the league last year. Yeah, they've given up eighty five points in. In three weeks. Five turnovers. Five turnovers. Yeah, they, they were plus three in turnovers yesterday. Lost 24 to 20. Yep. Choked it away at the end. Well, they got down. I'm looking at the stats right now. 26 first downs, 11 first downs. 49ers had the edge there. And then total yards, 436 to 239. Yeah. They can't, they can't move the ball at all. Well, that's a problem. You can't win games like that. Well, it's good, good news for the Dolphins, Joe. <laughs> the only thing that didn't work out for you in that front was uh, Texans, right? They won that yeah, game. Yeah, te Texans won because the Chargers choked it away. Chargers looked in control of that game early and just let it get away from them. So, so that's that was the only thing that didn't go. I mean, outside of just like superficial things like picks, right? Like, yeah, yeah, rooting interests. That was uh, that was well, not... and the same. And the Saints won too, but that's only a second round pick. So, you know, we're yeah. doing all right. Yeah, yeah, that pick's going to be 50-ish, right? Probably between 50 and – I was going to say 45 and 55, so I yeah. think is a realistic strike zone for that pick. Yeah. 
Yeah. Remember this one? The Bills had traded. Uh, they had that the draft where they had the Chiefs' first round pick, the Rams' second round pick, and the Ram- and the Eagles' second round pick. And I'm like rooting all year long for those teams to not do well. And boy, yep. did they ever do well. <laughs> I was going to say, they all did good. <laughs> Remember, you, Buffalo ended up having like two picks after 20. Um, that was where they traded Cordy Glenn, right? As their first yeah. trade up. With they wind up with 21 and 22, right? The Eagles yeah. and Rams were great. They were like low second round picks. And uh, yeah, it was uh, Cordy Glenn got them from 21 to 11. And then two more second round picks got them to 11 to 7 to get Josh, uh, Josh Allen. Well, that's going to do it for us here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, Joe. Sounds like I'm going to miss my connecting flight trying to get home today, so uh, I'm going to have my hands full. Good luck, man. We're, we're going to sign off. Thanks for listening. Come back tomorrow for Takes on Takes if I ever get home. I'm Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, and thanks for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Dude, I, the coughs hit me hard. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.